Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to the Art of Badassery podcast. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman. You're going to love my guest today. Her name is Bree Willits, and she is a mindset and business coach. Bree's journey shows us the power of self-discovery and resilience. Hailing from the heart of Canton, Ohio, Bree ventured to the Ohio State University, where she spent years navigating the uncertain waters of indecision. It really wasn't until she felt the ticking of the graduation clock that she made a choice and she made it boldly, selecting political science and public health as her fields of focus. Bree set her sights high with a grand plan to attend grad school for business or law. However, life had a different adventure in mind. Grad school didn't beckon her. Instead, she was on a completely unexpected journey. She leaped into outside sales, pivoted to finance, and became a financial advisor, all while following the conventional corporate path. But then, as life often does, especially on this podcast, it presented her with a fork in the road, an early midlife crisis. But rather than succumbing to it, Bree embraced it as a catalyst for transformation. She made a bold decision to leave the corporate world and redefine her work on her terms as a mindset and business coach. Today, she lives in the vibrant city of Columbus, Ohio, alongside her partner and their trusty Golden Doodle. Together, they're crafting their dream life, calling the shots, working whenever their heart desires, and embarking on a really exciting journey to explore every national park, savoring adventures as they go. Her mission is clear and inspiring. She's dedicated to helping others uncover their true passions, shattering the limiting beliefs surrounding money and success, and guide people on a path to find unadulterated joy, living fully in the present moment with boundless adventure. I am so excited to welcome you to the show, Brie. Everyone, fasten your seatbelts, get your favorite drink, because we're going to have a really, really cool conversation on what it means to be badass. Brie, welcome. Thank you so much, Mahara. I am so excited to be here. And hearing all of that and like having you invite me on here, I was thrilled and so tickled. And then when I had to describe myself as a badass, I had to laugh a little bit because I still don't see myself as a badass that often. And then when you say all of those things, I kind of look back and think, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I have done some things. <laughs> maybe well, I need to, maybe I need to claim that a little more. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people, and that's the reason I do this podcast, a lot of people don't see themselves as being badass. And folks, those of you that don't know, I actually met Bree, what, two years ago? I think, Maybe, it, yeah. About two and a half years ago. Yeah. And we became friends and I, I joined one of her social media groups and I've just watched her blossom. And she's been such great support to me with my entrepreneurial journey that I've always thought of her as being badass. But I, I find it curious that you say that. What did you think it meant to be badass before this, before I started talking about it. What did you think it meant? To me, like to be a badass. When when you had me define it, I was like, okay, that's someone that walks their own path. And like, I can see how I've done that. But it was like, you almost had to have this list of achievements. Like you had to have this big, long hero's journey of like, I came, it's like the rags to riches story. And then I achieved all these things. And then one day I got my placard that said, congratulations, you're a badass. And I felt like, like I was never going to get that because I don't know, I just felt pretty normal. <laughs> like I'm just kind of regular. I have regular problems. I have regular struggles. I had kind of a regular job. And I just never felt like that, like high achiever that everybody looks up to as like that ultimate leader and role model they want to become. I was just like the, the A minus like person, but I was never, I never saw myself as that like superstar, badass person people would be inspired to go become. That was just never me. I was kind of the girl in the shadows that would root for people. 
and help everyone else. But I didn't, I wasn't ever the person that wanted to be rooted for, if that makes sense. You know, it does make sense. And, and I love that you bring that up because really, you know, everyone's heard me say this, you don't have to do or be anything other than yourself in my world to be considered badass. Because what I've, what I'm learning is that's not always easy to do. So many of us, just like you said, Brie, believe that we have to achieve great things in order to be looked up to, or mm -hmm. to feel good about ourselves necessarily, or to, or to call ourselves badass. But really, honestly, what I want, what I want listeners to get from this show is, wow, it's okay to be me, whatever that looks like. You know, it's okay to honor that today I'm going to do a podcast in my Dave Matthews t-shirt because I love Dave Matthews as opposed to my dress shirt, as I am often in more dressier business clothes. Today, I feel kind of like a DMB gal. So that's what, that's what being badass is all about. I want to go back to something that I said that you sent me about your bio, which was you kind of took your time in, in university. You kind of just went from here to there. What was holding you back from making a choice back then? Do you think? Ooh, I'm glad you asked that. I was one of those, I made too many choices. So I tried on a lot of different hats because I never felt like I, my sister was the opposite and I lived with her. So she was my role model. She was super type A and knew from day one, she was going to be an attorney. As a little girl, she was going to be an attorney. I had no idea. I wanted to be Pocahontas when I was a little girl. I wanted to play in nature and I wanted to live with the animals and just be happy. And so I never really had that like compelling future and that vision and that identity of who, like I know who I am. So I went through probably 12 majors and then my halfway through my junior year, I started doing the math and I had that oh shit moment of like, I need to graduate on time. I don't want to keep paying these loans. I need to pick something and graduate. And I had the most credits from high school AP classes in poli sci. And so I went with it almost as a last resort, just so I could do the right thing, graduate on time and follow that path. And I knew that then, well, I could become a lawyer if I had the poli sci degree. And so it, it didn't close doors for me, but it truly, I kind of picked because I felt like I had to, and I still had no idea, no idea who I was, no idea. Why do you think there is such pressure or such an assumption in our world today that anybody at 18 or 19 or 20 knows who they are? Good God, people, I'm 58 in a couple of months and I'm just learning who I am. What pressure? I still don't know who I am most days. People be like, what do you do? I don't know. I have no idea. It depends who, what day is it? It depends what hat I want to wear today. I don't know why we have, well, I do know why we have that pressure we're so afraid of making mistakes and we are told from past generations. And if you want to go generational trauma and go down that path all day, but we are told to have the linear path of get good grades, be a good student, go to a good school, graduate on time. Don't waste money was a big one. Don't waste money. If you pay for this education, you better get the most out of it. And so it's just this pressure filled decision-making from the time I think it started when I was about 14 was the time you either get into the good math class or you're in the average math class or the lower math class. And that was going to set you up forever. If you don't get into the high math class, you'll never be a high achiever. And at 14, your, your, your fate is sealed, which is a ridiculous thing that we tell people, but that's how I grew up. So you're in school, university, and you finally decided on poli sci, you graduate, were you excited to have graduated? No, nope. I was excited to start real life, right? Because you kind of get out of college. I didn't have the most traditional college path where you explore and you find yourself and you party and all that. Like I had a steady boyfriend from the time I was 19 who was in law school later for about five years. And I joke and I said, like, I was married at 19 without meaning to be married and so we kind of like grew up together and explored together. And he was in law school and I was in poli sci and we had the same interests and I never got the exploration mm -hmm. for, for that part. So I didn't have that same, like, go find yourself and be crazy and explore in college. That didn't hit me till later. So when I graduated college, I was ready to start my adult life and finally start making money literally to pay back college so that I could get on that 
successful linear path. Let's make the money. Let's go to business school. Let's make more money. Let's prove I'm successful. Let's prove that I made the right decisions and did the right things to be the badass. Oh my God. It's so, you know, when you talk about it after the fact, <laughs> you can see what was I thinking? Mom, dad, what, what were you thinking? World, what were you thinking? What are you thinking? My kids are actually one. My youngest is in university and she's in third year university studying um, psychology. And I'm very proud of her. She knows what she wants and she's done the exploration and she's gotten the, the student loans and she's very focused. I'm just gobsmacked that somebody that came out of my body can be that focused at that age, because I like you, I wasn't, I didn't actually go to college until I was a, an older adult, because I just couldn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But going back to this idea, and I think it's really important what you said, you wanted to, you were ready to be an adult. Was it what you were expecting? No, not at all. What happened? Somehow it's like we we graduate and then we take everything very seriously because again I I didn't I didn't know this until now doing a lot of the self work and the deep work and the personal development that I do I didn't realize how afraid I was of making a mistake and again wasting money doing something wrong like there's a right and wrong about how to live your own life based on what you actually want but I would not I was never taught that right? I wanted to be, again, the good girl with the good grades and the good job and the good life and not make any mistakes. And I don't know why that perfection landed on me and why I felt that need, but that's very much, I think there's a lot of people in my age group that are the same. My sister has it way worse than I do. So I'm grateful that I made some mistakes and I lived with it, but there was a lot of shame that came with the idea of messing up and going backwards in life and not moving as fast as you could or should knowing that I was a high achiever I was an honors student so therefore I had something to prove and I didn't want to fail I didn't want to waste you know that college education and you know what I'm hearing with all the people that I speak with and even when I look back on my own life is it's almost like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because the people that don't have it you think are going to be envious of you and will think badly of you if you throw it away. Oh, you know, why aren't you going, why aren't you going to school or doing what I'm doing? I would, I would kill to be in your shoes. I heard that so often growing up, like the shame that I felt of complaining when I had great friends, great family, a roof over my head, good grades. I never had to work hard at school, you know? So you're not alone with that. I think a lot of us, and I think women, especially struggle with that, especially this idea of if someone else has invested in me, I've got to pay them back by being the best that I can be. And I know that there's, we all have money stories. God knows I have a money story and we're not that this is not the conversation for that, but it does play into the choices that we make. I'm curious though, what was the defining moment when you went enough is enough? I, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't for, working for me. For later in life, when I made a couple career pivots. Yeah. So it's still on the topic of money. So eventually, like I went into sales, you know, I did get that business to business sales job. And that really, I'm going to say like that raised me in the business world. I had about a year with a mentor who taught me everything in his brain about selling and like taught me how to function in the business space. And it was also driven by money though, still. It wasn't really about service. It wasn't about heart. It wasn't about love. It wasn't about the products we were selling. It was about go make the most money. And so much of my narrative has been flavored by that because also I paid for my school. And so that's why it was like all the loans were on me and I didn't want to pay for that fifth year again of college because that was a mistake and you're not supposed to take on more debt, rah, rah, rah. So anyways, getting into finance I got recruited to become a financial advisor because I was a good salesperson. I was doing well and I could learn and speak and talk about money pretty openly because it drove me. So I get into finance and then I teach other people how to have a better relationship. So I thought with money and I managed their investments and we worked on their retirement and it was all still very fueled by money and success on the outside and what looks good. 
I had letters after my name. So I felt like I arrived. I didn't have to pay the money for business school. And I had a better financial education than 99% of adults out there going through finance. And so again, it looked good from the outside and it was about money and I was moving it. But on the inside, there was no fulfillment. I felt many times like I was taught how to pressure people into buying things that may or may not have been aligned with them, but that's how the industry was run. And we were cheered for doing that. I won sales trips because I would sell products to people and I was a good revenue earner for the company. And so again, it looked glamorous because we were generating all this money, but on the inside, I did not feel glamorous. I did not feel fulfilled. And at some point, COVID shut down the world. The market crashed 40%. So did my income. And I'm home for the first time, starting to reanalyze, looking around everywhere, being like, I'm not happy at all. What am I doing? And I was like, screw the money. I got to do something else. Wow. Okay. Total badass, people. It, <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is this. What I'm hearing, Bree, is that you were willing to ask yourself the hard questions. and don't let anybody fool you. Being an entrepreneur, it's not for the faint of heart. Going on a journey of personal discovery, it is not for the faint of heart because you will discover things that are uncomfortable and that's okay. And that's what makes you badass is that you're willing to, you're willing to go there. So it's COVID. You are home realizing that despite the outward success, you are not being filled, fulfilled inside. What was your next move? What did you do then? Honestly, I hit my rock bottom about that point. I, and in finance too, it's the, I kind of joke about Wolf of Wall Street, but it's not that far off. Like there's still a lot of, a lot of substance abuse, I will say in finance. And it's one of those industries too, where the depression rates are high, the suicide rates are high, the mental health is low. And I was struggling with all of it. I was very depressed. I was very anxious. Uh, many Mondays, I would call in sick to my own office that I would run, wouldn't, would cancel all my appointments. My assistant eventually learned not to schedule me anything on Monday because I didn't want to get out of bed. That was bad. So I hit my rock bottom when it came to drinking, when it came to just, I didn't, I didn't want the life I had built and I looked around and I didn't know how I got here. And again, from the outside, everyone was like, oh, she's that girl that's really successful. She smiles all the time. She's got hundreds of clients. She's got this office and she's in her late 20s. Like, oh, she's doing it. Mm -hmm. And that felt horrible because everyone else was, again, they were seeing on the outside what was happening on the inside. I was a hot mess and I was just numbing and avoiding actually facing that because I had felt like I messed up because I got myself in this industry that was all of my experience at this point. I had never even entertained the idea of let's burn it all down, completely pivot and start my own business. Like that was not in the cards. That was impossible to me. So truly I hit a rock bottom point uh, two New Year's Eves ago and I signed up for a 30 day personal development event called Iron Mind where you had to be sober, which I desperately needed for 30 days. You had to work out every day, meditate, take a cold shower, journal, and there was a six and eat clean. And I was like, all right, this was my, like, I was a little intoxicated on some wine with my sister over Christmas. Cause I just ended a relationship crying with a credit card. Like I got to do something. So I signed up for this personal development event, felt like a loser because I also had to find an accountability partner and no one wanted to join because everyone was like, who wants to take cold showers in January in Ohio? No one. So I was just like, where, how have I gotten to this place in life where like I have to pay someone in this group setting to give me motivational messages each morning, cry in my cold shower and try to get my shit back together. And it's the best 30 days that ever happened to me. And from that, I started looking around. I'm like, there's something to this personal development world. Um, I used to hate the people that had the morning routines and had the goal setting. And I just, I called them superhumans and I made fun of them because secretly I wanted to be them. So after these 30 days, I was hooked. I was like, all right, I want to be in this club. And I never looked back and I was like, I got to figure out now how to be in this club more. And I started analyzing the business behind the person that got me in this personal development event. And that's when everything changed. Okay. I just want to call out to just call out that you're still at this time, you were just in your late twenties. Yeah. 
Okay, that is complete badassery. <laughs> Thank you. Well, no, seriously. I mean, all joking aside, at any time in our lives, it's hard to it's hard to admit when we're not happy, mm -hmm. right? Until we sometimes for some of us it's easy because it becomes a habit and it's an it's an attention thing. I'm not yeah. talking about those people. I'm talking about regular people who work hard, make a decision, and are getting accolades on their outside achievements. Because that's yes. what I heard you say. Yes. Doing this work, you're being applauded for it. You felt at first you were feeling great about it, but you realized it wasn't your thing and it, there was a misalignment with your values. Mm -hmm. But you were still getting the accolades. Then COVID hit. You realized that you were hiding. Oh, yeah. Hiding from the reality of the situation you'd found yourself in that many people would be envious of. Oh, my God, she's got a great job. She's doing really well. And she's gorgeous to boot, right? All of these things. And yet you're feeling inside. Wait a second. Not good. There was a deep sense of shame that came with that, too, because from the outside, I should feel different. I should be happy. That was the narrator going on. And so I wasn't allowed to admit how deeply unhappy I was and how deeply I wanted to escape from all of it. And that's why the numbing came in. But there's so much shame that came from the past. Now I'm perfectly fine admitting like, yeah, things aren't going well and I'm going to be very transparent about it. But you don't want to tell your parents that. You don't want to tell your spouse that, your, your siblings, you know, these people. You were the happy one. I was the fixer in my family. Me being the one suffering from all the depression and the anxiety and the poor mental health and getting on the prescription meds, like I wasn't about to admit any of that out loud. So I silently put a smile on my face every day and dealt with it all on my own, told no one for years. Okay. So I'm, I'm really curious. You've done the 30 days yeah. and you're like, okay, there's a different world out there. Yeah. Did your friends and family react when it became apparent that you had been faking it or struggling or numbing and that you were looking to really change your life from the inside out was there how did how did that come about with them truly I don't think they even knew for a long 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 time until I started coaching and marketing online and sharing the most vulnerable parts of my story they didn't know I still hid a lot of that because I was still, I, I hadn't done enough of the work. I was still hiding a lot of it. And I was doing the self-work all on my own so that I could be healed first and then and let them know what happened. There was still a lot of shame in that, in that brain a couple of years ago. I want to say thank you for sharing that. I can relate to that so much. I'm the youngest of four. I've always been successful, happy, optimistic, outgoing. When I left the corporate world, I think, you know, my close friends and family were concerned because I, you know, lost this great job because of COVID. And then when I said what I was going to do, it was crickets. Like, and even to this day, I have very close family that have no clue what I do. Like they, I tell them what I do, but there's no real conversation. There's no, how's it going? Oh, that's interesting. How does that work? Nothing. It's just like, we're just going to sit back and wait for her to, be okay. Like, we're just going to assume that everything, it's just so interesting. It's so interesting. Um, so I can appreciate that that's, that that's how it went for you. What's your biggest realization now? A couple of years have gone by. You have built a new business. You said goodbye to the financial planning corporate world. Now you've got your own coaching. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? That we get to decide at any point that we can start over, that we can change everything about who we think we are. My favorite thing in the world now is identity work and understanding like how we become who we think we are. And at any point when you become aware to some of the stories you're telling yourself every day, if you can become aware and you can pause and go, wait a second, is that true? And start to be curious and question things again, you can learn and decide to shift everything in your life, everything. And I truly believe that. And for a long time, I never did. I thought, again, you're on one path. You better not screw it up or that's your life and life is hard. And that doesn't have to be true for anybody. If you are willing to question things and say, wait a second, where did that belief come from? It's usually not from you. It's usually from society or your past or a mentor, your parents, your subconscious. You didn't even know. 
And we have the choice to throw out old beliefs and say, hold on, let me go explore something new. And you can change every day. I used to say, people don't change. This is who we are, rah, rah, rah. I was a realist. Turns out that's a closet pessimist that's trying to just be smart about it. But really, <laughs> being an optimist, that's what I, I, I was a closet pessimist for years and I was just a smart realist. That's what it is. But truly like actually learning to look for possibility and being more of the optimist can completely change how you see everything around you and actually give you options. I think it's one of the biggest, and thank you for sharing that. I agree hundred percent. And it's not always easy, right? I'm in the, I'm in similar business and I, every day I'm learning something new about myself, but I think what's so, you know, underlying underneath that, which is why I do what I do with this podcast is this understanding that first of all, we're all worthy of happiness. We are worthy of the effort. And once we really honestly believe that and understand it, then it becomes, I think, easier to do the hard work because we're worth it. Um, I think it was L'Oreal that had that commercial or at one point in their amazing marketing career, there was like, because I'm worth it. I'm sort of their tagline, right? I'm worth it. And I think it's, that's a great tagline to bring back because when, you, when you're worth it, then you're worth the effort. You're worth, you're even worth the tears. You're worth the, the financial energetic investment. I'm worth the tears. I'm worth the effort. I'm worth, you name it. I'm worth whatever I, whatever I want it to be. And then you can do the work. So talk to us about what it is you do today. So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. So fast forward through the personal development, I ended up the, the person that put me in that challenge who I bought his marketing. Um, I ended up going through his coaching program to teach people how to grow a coaching business online. And originally I was a money coach. Ha ha ha. Cause that was my background that lasted all of a month. And then I think you met me and then I went straight into mindset. Cause that's really, once I got into the psychology and again, the identity work of how we figure out who we are, I was hooked. I was obsessed. So now I am a mindset and business coach just because as much as I've tried to bury my sales background and my finance background, at the end of the day, I speak business <laughs> in my sleep. And as much as I don't mean to, coaches just started coming to me when I was getting mindset clients going, what are you doing? How is this working? So I, I do a little bit of both as a hybrid and truly like I say I'm a mindset coach, but most people have no idea what the hell that means. So now my superpower is I help people that want to start questioning their lives, want to start creating new for themselves that go, I have these beautiful ideas and this beautiful vision. I've got this love in my heart and this knowing that I can do something to help other people. And I have no idea how to put that into reality and make a business out of it. I help people take ideas and put it into the world. That's my superpower. Oh, beautiful. Do you work one-on-one? -on -one? Do you have yes. group programs or... I've done, I've done a, a big combination of both. I've done group programs in the past. Um, it, for the new year, I'm getting ready to launch another mindset only program just because I've worked with so many business owners and coaches now that still need the foundational mindset work that I had to take myself through year one to understand again, our identity and our paradigms and how to shift who we think we are and our limitations so that the business can thrive. And so I've been working with individual coaches helping them on the marketing and the sales and the business but if the if the foundation of their mindset and they tell themselves I can't do this because I'm not a morning person I can't do this because I'm not good at sales I can't do this because I am you know limitation name anyone you want if we don't understand the foundational mindset work the business is going to continue to have blocks and that's your biggest overhead is your limiting beliefs 
So the mindset course is going to come out sometime in January, but mostly I work one-on-one with the business tactics and we do mindset work pretty much every week inside of that. Because again, those are our biggest limitations is what we tell ourselves we can and can't do and questioning those beliefs and rewriting that story of what's possible. Such important work. And it's so interesting that you say that you share the story because, you know, I met you two years ago and I was just starting my online business. And I've always, as I've said many times, I'm a pretty happy together person, you know, all of this, I've got so much going for me. And let me tell you, this journey of being an entrepreneur has kicked my ass. <laughs> now, two years into it or two and a half years into it, now I realize that all of the work that I wished I'd done two and a half years ago is the inner work, to yeah. your point, because being an entrepreneur is going to bring up every limiting belief that you have, right? When you least expect it. So I truly believe it doesn't matter how great your business plan how great your product, how personable you are, how good looking you are, what courses you've taken. If you have got stories that do not serve you, they are going to come up and bite you as an entrepreneur. They are going to come up. Yep. And so now, just like you, I work with people on the inner work to help yep. them make navigate being a small business owner, right? So yes. I get it, but I it's taken me two and a half years to get here. It's literally, and Brie knows she's nodding because she's helped me on some things. Hey, Mahara, how's it going? Well, actually, Brie, I'll tell you how it's going. And we have this quick chit chat. She's been incredibly generous. But I think it brings up a really important point that we are all, we are all trying our best, whatever our best is in the moment. But for those of us that are trying to build a business, give yourself an extra bit of grace. And if you need help, ask for it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a financial thing. There are Brie, by the way, has the most amazing Facebook group. That's actually how we met. That doesn't cost anything. And the support is amazing. So if you are in a position of, wow, I think I need some help, know that you can get it and it doesn't have to cost you anything. I just wanted to put that out there because there are a lot of coaches that offer free support because this is what we do. You know, we, we we're of service and we want to be of service. So know that you're not alone is what I'm trying Absolutely. to say. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the idea of asking for help because many times too, when you come from the achievers paradox, we don't want to ask for help. That comes with a sense of shame because we can't do everything on our own. We can't run sales and marketing in the entire department and do graphic design and do the coaching and do, come on. <laughs> ask for some freaking help. I had to learn that the hard way too. And that's why entrepreneurship has kicked my ass in these few seasons too. Trust me. And the inner work, had I not done and continue to do all of it, I'd be out of business. But it gets better the more you are willing to bury the ego and say, hey, I definitely need some help here. And then go ask for it. Because if you ask for it, you get it. You receive it. That's something I had to learn too. And if you ask for it, it will come. The other thing in keeping with that is this idea of how open are we to receiving? Mm -hmm. Whether it is advice, love, support, money. Yeah. And it's been a big thing. And I, I, you know, people will say to me, coaches will say that I work with, well, Mahara, how willing are you to be successful? What are you talking about? I've been working for years to be successful. You're like, calm down, take a breath. <laughs> how willing are you to receive? And what I've learned through the work that I do, the inner work is the universe is always giving us, always mm -hmm. giving to us. Mm -hmm. Often I don't even notice it. I either yeah. take it for granted or I don't even see the signs. And so one person put it to me quite succinctly, fairly recently, she said, Mahara, if somebody were to offer you money, just as a, just as a loan, Mahara, here's $500. Would you take it? And my initial reaction was, well, of course I wouldn't. What do I need it for? Like, no, I, I only want it if I'm given a service. And they're like, well, how often do you give to people? No, well, I give my services all the time for nothing out of the goodness of my heart. But, you know, my old mindset was I couldn't possibly let somebody else do the same for me. So it's been and continues to be a daily understanding of how energies work, how the universe works. And it is okay to A, ask for help, 
B, take the help, not only ask for it, but then take it, whether that is financial help or spiritual help or emotional help or cooking help, doesn't matter. And then recognize that we are all part, we're all in this together. We're all in this together, whether it's the business or just the community, the world community, the, you know, the coaching community, the world community, the social media community, like there's lots of communities that we're a part of. And it's, it's wonderful when you accept it. Well, that was a bit of a sidebar. No, and I'm glad you brought that up though, to be open to receiving. And that is one of the limiting beliefs I work with people the most on is because so many coaching businesses, it's beautiful. We come from this heart centered place of like, truly people don't become coaches for the money. Let's be honest. People come become coaches because they've been through something. They've seen the other side of it. And they're like, wow, other people, I don't want them to struggle the way I did. If I've got something, I feel compelled to share it. And so, so many times when I first start working with people, they're like, well, I just give this advice out for free. So I can't charge for it, or I don't know how to charge for it, or how do I prove that this is any different? And so they have such a hard time charging what they're worth because we don't feel like, well, these are my natural gifts. This is what I do anyways. That's not worth anything. If I don't have the, the letters behind my name, if I haven't, you know, spent, you know, $40,000 on an education for it. If I haven't paid my dues, how can I be, how can I charge X, Y, or Z? It's a tough one. It is a tough one. You know, most of us have grown up being told there's minimum wage in your country. And you start, if you're new to the job, you get the lowest wage possible. You just work your way up. You put your head down. You say, please. And thank you. You get the job done. And then you go home and you start again the next day. And when we, you know, jump into the entrepreneurial world, it's like, well, I have to prove myself before I can ask to be paid for it. Uh-huh. I got to live off my savings for years before I can really demand an income. And it's, it's nuts. That's what we think. And that is absolutely not true, <laughs> but it takes a lot of this work it to does. figure that out. And really that live within that. Okay. I am worthy my natural gifts aren't everybody's natural gifts. And just because it's easy and comes so smoothly from me doesn't mean I don't have value. That actually probably means I have a lot more value that I'm even willing to see. And it's more valuable because it is so easy for me and I can make it easy for them too. So why do you think it's so hard for us? And I'm just going to, I'm just talking about women here because I do think it's harder for women, but why do you think it's so hard for us to ask or to say, Hey, my services cost. Can you please pay me for this? I don't know. For women specifically, it makes me think of there's a there's a stat out there about applying for jobs. And if you see the same job posted, a man and a woman, you've seen this. Too, I know the stat where the man only needs like ten percent of the qualifications. He's like, "Yep, I can do that. I'm, I'm in. That's my job." And the woman has to have a hundred percent of the qualifications, or we're not worth it. We we're we're not right. We're not good enough we aren't good enough. That's the overwhelming paradigm that especially women, I don't know why, I kind of do know why it's how we're raised, but we just are not good at seeing our full worth. I think there's a lot of ego involved. We don't want to be seen as egotistical. We don't want to be seen in a negative way. We don't want to be seen as too confident. We don't want to be seen as too powerful because then we come across bitchy. Again, we want to be the good girls that do the good thing that are kind and anything outside of that little narrow box. I don't know. We don't want to shake too many, you know, make too many waves because then we're not womanly. We're not feminine enough. And then we failed in that way too. Have you seen the Barbie movie? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it too. I took my daughter twice. And I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. And I thought to myself, I can't believe I'm taking my 20 year old to Barbie. Like I honestly have better things to do. And then about halfway through it, I'm like, okay, I know why I took her. This is awesome. So we have been talking about the challenge that women have in business. There's one last little tidbit. We were referring it to the, the Barbie movie and just the overall challenge that we have in life. But I want to stress that that too can be a story if you let it be your story. And so I think it's really important that we recognize 
that up until now, we've seen things this way, or up until now, this is what's happening for the most part in the world, but that doesn't mean I have to adopt it. So Brie, I'm wondering as a mindset coach, what are some things that you do regularly to check in with yourself? Because I want our listeners to walk away from this podcast going, okay, I know nothing about being a coach. I don't want to be a coach, but I do want to know how I can in the moment feel better about something that I've said to myself, for example. So a lot of it is we have, we have many narrators in our head at all times. And the first piece to like understanding your mindset and being able to change what's going on in your thoughts and have a better relationship with yourself in general is understanding the narrators in your head that are thinking your thoughts for you. As strange as that may sound to someone that's like, well, I don't even know what the mindset world is. But if you think about it, you speak to yourself in a lot of different ways throughout the day, and you do have multiple narrators. Some are empowered and positive in days you love yourself, and some when you put on a pair of jeans and you got some extra flub and it's winter and you're going, oh my God, you've gained weight. That's another type of narrator. And so it's getting to know the many voices in your head and then choosing which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to listen to and which ones you don't need to listen to but you also don't need to villainize. It's getting to have a good relationship with all the narrators in your head and knowing that just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's a true thought, doesn't mean it's a thought you need to keep, and doesn't mean you need to act on it or let it change your emotions and your mood and tell you anything about yourself. Our brains are crazy machines. I call it cosmic Google. If you ask it a crazy question like, list all the things that are going wrong in my life right now, it's going to spit out all kinds of answers for you. But that is one narrator that we don't need to attach to today. But if you ask it another question of, hey, look at all the things around me I can be so grateful for right now. That's another narrator that's kind of come in with love and hope and gratitude and joy. And I'm going to choose because we have the choice to attach to those thoughts and to that story. And just knowing that at every point, you can pause yourself as you're thinking is again, as strange as that may sound and choose, do I want to continue down this path with this narrator and this thought pattern and this story? Or do I want to say, hold on, I don't need to attach to that. Let me give myself a new question and start to go down a different path that's more empowering, that's more loving, that's going to serve where I'm going, not something that most of the time is coming from my past, my past self, my hurt self, my traumatic childhood, whatever it is that you're coming from. The bad stories, they served you for a time to protect you, but many times we can go ahead and let those go if we learn how to see them and then decide to detach and then choose a new one. In keeping with that, and that's super strong, what you just shared, what I've noticed too is that we attach almost, we attach too much importance to how we feel in mm -hmm. so much as I, if I feel lousy, then I am lousy. No, I'm feeling lousy because I ate too much. I got a bellyache, right? Or I'm feeling... I'm I'm big for language and I, I talk about this a lot with my clients and in my program, but you know, people, it's very easy to say, Oh my God, I'm so stressed today. Mm -hmm. But I will challenge them. Really? What exactly are you feeling? So first get clear on what you're feeling. Yes. Figure out why you're feeling that way and then separate the identity. Cause you're not that you can feel embarrassed, but that doesn't make you less than you can feel like an idiot because you didn't know the answer to the question in school but that doesn't make you an idiot. Let yourself yeah. feel it. Ooh, that was uncomfortable, but that doesn't make you bad. It's just a feeling. Feelings come and go unless yeah. you attach a story to it and then it stays with you. And mm -hmm. that's why so many of us have a clutch, you know, this energy that hasn't gone anywhere, which when we get nervous, right? It's for me, it's in my tummy. Sometimes yeah. it's a little bit higher, but for the most part, when I feel anything, it's here. And so I often will say to my clients, like, what are you really feeling? Okay, why are you feeling that way? And then we get to the root of the feeling. And yes. then they see that that's just a feeling. It's not them. Yep. It's not them. So mindset, two mindset hacks. If you find yourself buying into the bullshit is what I say. <laughs> slow down, just take a breath 
and listen to that voice and really pinpoint the narrator mm -hmm. and what they're saying and ask yourself, number one, is it true? If it's not true and you have time, figure out where it came from and then decide I either I'm going to let it go or I'm going to rephrase it. I'm going to rethink, I'm going to reframe it, right? And then, so that's a mindset hack. And then the other one for me is really get clear on your language. The, the, our language is beautiful. And there are free thesauruses on Google or on the internet. If you don't, if you want a different word for stress, there's probably another 70 that you can choose from that may be more accurate. I'm bored, embarrassed, shamed, uncomfortable, you know, all of these other things that may not have anything to do with being actually stressed. Mm -hmm. What's another hack that you can share with us for being, for navigating of, our mindset? and change One of my favorite and it, my mindset coach will still call me on this and I'm a mindset coach and yes, I have a mindset coach and that's how it works because we can't always hear our own bullshit, right? We can't always separate ourselves from the story. And so when you have some of those thoughts or you're going through a situation, you're frustrated, whatever, the simple question of, okay, is this a fact or is this a story? And can I separate the two? Because usually when events unfold, there are facts that have happened that you can separate from, okay, but what's the, again, what's the story and the meaning I'm giving to these facts that are sending me either in an upward spiral of positivity or that downward spiral of doom? And so many times I, when I catch myself, I will literally pause myself and go, wait a second, fact or story. And then it's on you to kind of figure out how can I separate the two, actually see what's unfolding in these events in front of me, separate the storytelling and the emotions from it, look at the facts. And then what story would I like to tell myself again, <laughs> instead of the one that my brain jumps to, because we are inherently negative people, not because we mean to be, but because our brains are wired, our very ancient animalistic brain is wired to look for threats. And so when it comes to leaving our brains to their own devices, it's going to automatically look for a negative story, look for reasons why not to do things, look for reasons to protect yourself from making the wrong decision, from going into business and doing the scary, uncertain action. It's not because you're a broken human, it's because you're a human. And so again, if you can pause and say, wait a second, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm afraid. Okay, what are the facts here? What's the story of negativity I've gone to? How can I get rid of that story and now have a positive story to spiral myself back into empowered? Because if you can get yourself back into empowered, you can move forward past that story and past those fears and those negative emotions and feelings. I love it. What I'm hearing, and you guys have probably heard this as well, she said it about four times, is just stop, take a breath, take a moment. You know, my business is called Mindfulness with Mahara, and I do teach mindfulness, but really it's, it's everywhere in the world right now is this idea of just take a breath, right? You know, when somebody is having a pan, is beginning to panic, we invite them to just, okay, take, take some deep breaths, just like really regulate the nervous system. I do somatic work with my clients as well. But I really want to highlight the importance of just slowing down. Sometimes, many times, we are on a hamster wheel of life. You actually mentioned it earlier. Just do what you're told. Do what you're told. Put your head down. Get her done. Get the work done. When it no longer serves us and you start to question, one of the first things that both Bree and I invite you to do is to just slow down and listen. Listen to the narrative. Listen to your body. And if the narrative doesn't work for you anymore, you can change it. Bree's giving you permission. Give yourself permission to change the narrative. Whatever is truth for you in that moment, just because you feel it doesn't make it fact. There are facts, but your feelings may not be the facts. Your feelings are the feelings, right? So there's a difference between that. Um, awesome. So you mentioned when we were not recording that you've got something new coming up in, the, in January. Do you want to tell our listeners a bit about what we can expect to see from you in the future? I am going to have my mindset course. You may have been around when I ran it the first time and then I've sat on it for a while. It's called Total Transformation. And I'm going to walk you through the stages similar to a metamorphosis of a butterfly where you're going to relearn the identity and the inner work that we have talked about where in order to create the external world around you, the way that your reality is shaped and your 
what manifests into the reality around you, it all starts with your inner world, meaning the thoughts between your two ears and what's going on inside your head. And so for me, this total transformation, we start to strip away the things in the external world that we're seeing that aren't serving us anymore. Go inside to redefine and choose again who you want to be, who you want to define yourself as, how you want to define yourself, hopefully as a badass this time, and then learn how to go see yourself as that, and then put into action the actual actions that help you become, literally transform into that butterfly so that then your external reality starts to match the internal world you've just created. And that is how people shift their identity. That's how we shift into a bigger, bad, more badass business owner. Like that is how we truly change who we are from the identity on the inside so that the outside world starts to match it. And so that's total transformation. It's, I don't know yet if it's going to be eight or 12 weeks. I did 12 the first time. I'm going to try to pair that, I think down to eight. As our attention spans get shorter, <laughs> our programs need to get shorter too. So we'll see what the details are when this comes out. It should be out by then, but that is what's coming from my mindset world next. I love it. And can I ask, is this something that you only offer once a year or is it something that you think may be like an evergreen program that you can join in? I'm glad you asked that. This is going to be my evergreen program because- Again, I, I want to work with more people in the business space so that they can literally create a life that they want that has nothing to do with their nine to five job if they're not feeling aligned the way I was and show people that your past experience is everything and only the only thing you need to go create whatever business you're being pulled to go serve inside, if that is for you. And that's not for everybody because business is not for everybody. But again, what I'm realizing is everybody can use the mindset and the identity piece first. And so the mindset program will be my evergreen program. And then my one-on-one -on -one coaching will be more of the escalation of that for people that are feeling that heart-centered pull to like, I have a business dream where I can help people change and I want to serve them. I want to help those people one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm going to make them do my mindset stuff first. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bree, I can... I can testify for how amazing you are. And those of you that are listening, please check the show notes because all of the different things that Brie offers and the ways to connect with her will be in the show notes. And I can't thank you enough, Brie, for your friendship and your support. And it's just been amazing. I'm, I love watching you grow and uh, keep up the good work because the work that you do is so, so needed. It all starts on the inside, folks. You know, Gabby Bernstein says that I quote it quite a bit success is an inside job, right? Mm -hmm. to, to Bree's point, when we can redefine ourselves on the inside, the outside begins to reflect that. And if you are ever wondering, if you're ever wondering how good a manifester you are, take a look at your life right now, because everything that you see in your world, you actually created. Mm. If, it, if you're liking what you see, brilliant. If there are things that you want to do a little bit differently, know that if you did this, you can do that. And if you need the help of a, of a mindset coach, they're out there. Bree, have an amazing afternoon. Thank you very much. Join me next week on The Art of Badassery. Take care. Thank you, Mahara. This has been a pleasure. I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.